Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single morning celebrates the people who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and, and play. Hey, I want to share a quick quote with you from my friend Sherry Carr Beavis, and here's what she posted. I follow three rules. Do the right thing, do the best you can, and always show people you care. That was Lou Holtz. Let me sh- let me share it again. I follow three rules. Do the right thing, do the best you can, and always show people you care. You know, and she said with this, it's pretty simple. And you're, it, you know what? If you really get to the basics, you know, you can really be a, a, a successful person, a popular person. You know, people will, will care about you if you care about them. There's a lot to be said for empathy, especially in these difficult days that we have. Um, so we're going to have in the first part of the show, Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber. We're going to talk about what's the latest at the Coast Chamber. Also, there's been some important and sad news about our friend, uh, family member of our friend, Alberto Ibarguin. If you haven't heard that name before, we'll tell you more about who he is and why it's important to us. And uh, and then the second half of the show, we're going to talk to Kenny Vest, the uh, he's the sort of the market manager for Supertalk Gulf Coast and the brands that are part of Supertalk Gulf Coast, Supertalk Mississippi Media, I should say, and um, have a lot some some news about a relief effort in Louisiana and some other stuff that we'll talk about. But before we go to them, let me go to my friend uh, and my partner in crime, Kyle Curley, the producer of Coast View. And first of all, I'll just say to you, good morning, buddy. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing really good. Hey, listen, a couple of times recently in conversations that we've had with guests during the breaks, they always compliment Kyle and they say, man, Kyle should be on more often. And, uh, you know, I've tried to get him more on more often because he's got such a cool point of view about things, but he's a smart guy. He's obviously a jack of all trades. He does, uh, you know, IT and operations and voice and all kinds of stuff for multiple radio stations. He's kind of the the glue that keeps all these, you know, really complex operational pieces together. And he's my partner in crime. And in addition to that, as you've heard me say many times, if you're a listener to Coast View, he does the music in, in the Superdome during Saints games. So when the Saints went through this really interesting process they went through to, to decide to do their first home game, not in Dallas, but in Jacksonville, um, Kyle and I talked immediately to say it's going to be interesting to see if Kyle and the supporting cast is brought to Jacksonville because you don't want somebody in Jacksonville playing the music in a home game. Kyle's the man to do that. But anyway, what's the latest on that, Kyle? Are you going to Jacksonville or not? I am going to Jacksonville myself and a few other people from the game day staff are uh, getting our, I guess, our itinerary squared away today, uh, flying out. Uh, we're going to try and get there early enough Saturday so that we can do a walk through the stadium before showing up cold on Sunday. So um, there's a possibility I leave Friday, possibility I leave real early Saturday, but I won't. either way, I won't be back until Monday, Monday yeah. afternoon, probably. Yeah, well, that hey, congratulations on being such a critical part of that team. Thank you. Yeah, and Jeff Duncan, who's on our show every Saturday, 
broke the story about the Jacksonville move, uh, literally hung up in traffic on I-10 trying to get back to New Orleans. As, as everyone knows, the, the situation in New Orleans is quite challenging these days. But he broke that story. And what was interesting about the decision is that one of the things they said, okay, now, okay, what NFL stadiums are available? They have to play in an NFL stadium according to the NFL. And then uh, it was, what did we learn from the Katrina year? They learned a lot during the Katrina year. And they're going to say, okay, how can we keep things kind of settled down for the team? But one of the one of the important questions they asked Kyle was, what's a city that is available to us that's hard to get to from Green, Green Bay? <laughs> that's an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah, I think the internet went ablaze because that whole thing got translated into it cost more for Green Bay to get there, <laughs> and it is one of the uh, stadiums that has proven to be a very bad playing field for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. I love it. I mean, listen, man, I, the team the team management, Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis and Dean Lashaw and the rest of them, I know them all well. They're terrific, terrific leaders. They all take a step back and say, okay, now let's with calm, even in the midst of this hurricane scenario, what did we learn during the Katrina year? How can we how can we really thoughtfully play this out? And I just love it. I love I love the thinking that went behind it, don't you? I do, but you know, part of me is like they're not flying commercial. It's not like they're stopping in three different hub cities. They have their own plane, so I don't know yeah. how difficult it is. Or well, no, but it's, it's about fans. How many how many cheeseheads are going to get be able to get there? You know, you want to make it hard. You don't want to create a home field advantage because the twelfth man is in Green Bay's favor. That's that's what you know. That's kind of the thinking behind it. But it'll be interesting, buddy. And I'm proud of you, man, for being a critical part of that. You know, of that Saints team. Thank you. It's going to be fun. Uh, you know, pressure's on at this point. <laughs> yeah, pressure's on, man. It's, look, it's like you've always said. If they win, it's because of the music. If they lose, it was a bad game plan. <laughs> so, that's right. Stand by that every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you, buddy. Let's move to my, my first guest, the CEO of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber, my dear friend, Adele Lyons. And just say, first of all, how you doing, Adele? Doing pretty good. Up and at him. Yeah, up and at him. Hey, we're going to get an update about the chamber and what's happening. But our friend Alberto Ibarguen's wife, Susanna, uh, succumbed to her long battle with ALS uh, recently. And I feel so bad for Alberto. What a, what a wonderful partnership they had for a very, very long time. He stood by her, obviously, to the end. But what a, what a terrible disease. But anyway, you knew, you knew uh, Alberto extremely well. And for people who have not heard that name before, I'll add whatever. I'm, you know, as you know, he's my dear, dear friend. But tell us who Alberto Ibarguen is. Well, Alberto serves as president of the John S. Uh, Jane, John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. People here on the coast know the Knight Foundation from from a few places um, where grants were made. Probably the the most obvious is the Knight uh, Nonprofit Center here on Seaway Road, where the chamber is located. That was the former uh, Grand Casino's corporate offices, and. Um, after Katrina, this became a, a hub for nonprofits, and then we were able to come together and, with a grant from the Knight Foundation, make this happen. And just interesting enough, two of the agencies that were started with Knight Foundation assistance, the Gulf Coast Business Council and the Gulf Coast Renaissance Corporation, which has since changed its name to the Communi Renaissance Community Loan Fund, were also started with Knight Foundation grants, and we're here 
in the facility. And so Alberta was really key on that. He, um, as you can tell the story better, of him showing up here after Katrina, after he'd been on the job literally, I think, a month or two, not very long. But I, when I joined the Knight Foundation, um, a very intimidating guy, but then, because he's so smart, but then once you start talking to him, he's just the most humble and down-to-earth guy. But really an international guy, I would say. I mean, you know, he was the publisher of the Miami Herald for years. You would know that number better than I, but then left the newspaper business. But let me tell you, that newspaper business was always in his heart because journalism was just key um, to the Knight Foundation. That's what it was founded on from the dollars from the Knight Brothers. Um, but just always about free press and the truth and justice through journalism, et cetera. But really the other side was caring about communities. And that's where the Knight Foundation, because of us being a Knight Ritter newspaper at the time, the Sun-Herald, um, he was here. And, uh, you know, I'll say it again, um, the investment that was made, I think, really changed the coast tremendously after Katrina. It was about $14 million in grants. And some of them people probably wouldn't realize is we did some downtown planning grants in Gulfport and did a um, landscape and uh, front of the building grants. Whether the building was empty behind it, we needed it to look nice on the front end so people would come and make investments. And since then, you've seen downtown Gulfport just take off like like crazy of the number of restaurants and things that are there um, you know the or museum and then also habitat for humanity did a huge build with the jimmy and rosalind carter work project that the knight foundation was involved in and if you'll remember alberto himself showed up he was at we had dinner at your house uh, with the governor and all the whole crew from Knight Foundation. And Alberta was up there swinging a hammer, sweating um, like nobody's business um, with the rest of us and working hard and, and just wanted to be that hands-on in that project and wanted to be that hands-on in the rebuilding of the Gulf Coast. So um, I always loved when I brought a king cake down there for Mardi Gras when I went to Miami. And he just he just loved the coast and what it had to offer, and he liked being a part of it. So it's you know it's sad that he's um, lost his wife. It, it is it is sad that he lost his wife. And I, you know I would say to leaders on the coast who are listening to this, who have got the opportunity to get to know Alberto along the way, you couldn't have met. I think you did a great job of telling his history uh, here, but you couldn't have met a more dedicated man. And and you know even today his dedication to journalism and trying to find a way for community journalism to exist in this digital age has been incredibly important. When we come back, we'll talk just a little bit more about Alberto Bargwin and the, and the contributions that he's made here in coastal Mississippi and uh, you know, send, send our thoughts and condolences to him and his family and the loss of his wife. But we'll be back after this break. Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have with me the CEO of the Coast Chamber, Adele Lyons, my good friend. We've worked together in lots of iterations in our careers, this being just the latest genesis. Who knows where the future will take both of us. But one of the people that we came across in our careers, probably, well, I can't say probably, are one of the most significant figures we could have crossed paths with. Because for you, Adele, you can tell that story a little bit more in depth, how it literally changed your trajectory. And in my case, uh, I was publisher of the Sun-Herald. He was publisher of El Nuevo Herald and the Miami Herald. He was El Nuevo Herald first and then El Nuevo and the Miami Herald. El Nuevo Herald is the Spanish-speaking uh, version of the Miami Herald, but not. it's a different newspaper, different voice. Alberto, um, Cuban descent, um, had uh, incredible ability, as you pointed out, to have uh, international influence down in the South America. He was just, a, he just is uh, just this, this incredible figure. And uh, when he left, when he left the Miami Herald and the Nuevo Herald to become the chairman of the Knight Foundation, which the Knight Foundation is, as you pointed out, is in, we, we had the benefit of having a connection to them because we were one of the original Knight communities and there were 26 of them. Now, if you look at the latest iteration of the of the Knight Foundation, they, they do work in the 26 communities for sure, but their, their money goes far and wide to help m- move community journalism projects and innovation uh, forward in ways that, that have been incredibly transformative. The The way that they have been smart about their contributions have been really important. Um, along with along the way, Alberto actually offered me a job to go down to Miami. <laughs> and uh, I told him later that probably the smartest thing I did was say no, because it did, uh, did you know, other projects for Knight Ritter came along. It ultimately sort of opened up the door for me to become publisher of the, at the uh, Sun-Herald. But but you know, we just had a great friendship. He was he uh, was immediately involved in the effort. I mean, I mean, the day after Katrina, he's wanting to know how the how the Knight Foundation can give to organizations that are involved in the immediate recovery. And then when we formed the Governor's Commission on Recovery, Rebuilding, and Renewal, we didn't want, uh, or the governor didn't want, money to be public money. So um, uh, Jim Barksdale from uh, Federal Express and AOL, et cetera, gave, um, uh, excuse me, Netscape, not a- AOL, uh, gave a million dollars personally, and the Knight Foundation through Alberto gave a million dollars, and from the two million dollars, we ran the Governor's Commission on Recovery, Rebuilding, and Renewal. From that came the charrettes uh, with over 100 architects and planners from around the world. It was just an amazing uh, set of circumstances. Alberto came to coastal Mississippi during the charrettes, and he was unbelievably touched by what he saw, and he thanked us for giving him the opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, it was really, I mean, he hadn't been in that position, what, just a few weeks, Adele? Yeah, it wasn't very long at all. Um, it was, uh, I want to say it was a couple of months, if I remember correctly, he was in New York watching the newscast. And I think that's when he reached out to you on the phone and um, he pledged the money for the uh, for the commission. He really didn't have the authority to do that without his board, but he said he would, you know, make it happen. And they saw the vision as well. So, it, you know, it wasn't a problem. You know, the other thing about Alberto is um, he's a very creative guy. I mean, he's very um 
very detail oriented, very, you know, organized, but he's also got a creative side from, I mean, he's a wonderful writer, but he's, he's very much an arts patron. And that was something that he and Susanna really shared as well. She was very much a patron of the arts. And I can remember him when, when he wanted to make a grant to the Orr Museum, he said, every great city has to have a great museum. And um, he said, you know, what is a city without great art? And he was just very passionate about that. And I know there's um, a museum in Miami, the Perez uh, Museum of Art, that um, his wife, Susanna, was, was very involved in with. That's actually one of the organizations that they're asking for uh, memorials to be made to. Um, but when you met her and when you met Alberto, you just, um, they just, ooze culture you know they were very um you went to their apartment they had all kinds of art everything from modern art to very classic um and it was just it was a cool person to be around in miami when we went for work but to be able to i mean we had dinner one time on the stage of the symphony in the concert hall and the Knight Foundation was able to have dinner sitting up on the brand new stage, you know, this catered meal. And it was just a way of us networking, but in a cool space with a great meal. <laughs> Susanna and and uh, Alberto, you did that. You said that so well. They were wonderful hosts. Mm. And, uh, you know, when they hosted you at their at their home in Miami, I remember I remember one time Roberto and I were standing in his um, library and, you know, from the floor to the ceiling books, you know, multilingual books that he and Susanna had just I mean, obviously they were big time readers. And I looked at him and he, and he I was in, in the room by myself at the time and he walks in there and he says, I said, man, I, this is unbelievable. I wish I had something like this. He said, Ricky, the only difference between you and me is years. Yours will look like this one day as well. And I thought, man, that's such a powerful thing. But they, they were a great host and such a powerful team. I've often said this, and you know my wife, Ann, really well. But if you find a man that's found any success in their life, usually, usually, you're going to find behind him an amazing woman. And, man, that is so true about Alberto. Mm. What a great partnership they had. Absolutely. Uh, just um, impeccable taste, always just uh, dressed you know, just impeccably, such style, such um, such grace. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the the when I first went to work for Knight Foundation, you, and you always have a board dinner. Um, I was seated next to her at the first dinner. You know, I was a nervous wreck, and uh, you know, here I was, and it was a casual dinner, and just really, uh, it was the smartest move whoever did that because I immediately felt at ease, and I immediately felt part of the team. So it was a great move. Well, God bless our friend Alberto in the passing of his wife, uh, Susanna. She had ALS, which is uh, a very difficult uh, disease, obviously. Uh, our friend uh, Anthony Tapazzi, uh, who also played, a, you know, the former president of Mississippi Power Company, who also played an incredibly important role in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. He also passed away from ALS. And, um, and I tell you, know, you what, Anthony and Alberto hit it off immediately. They the did. minute those two met, they were it was like they were long lost friends, even though they had just become acquainted. 
You know, they had a lot of lot. They they were they shared a lot of you know characteristics, detailed, focused, doggedly determined leaders. You know, you you could push up against the wall, and it, for most people, it looks like the wall's not going to move. Those guys felt like they could move walls. They mm. literally felt like that, and we would be in a different position today had Alberto and Anthony not. Can, you know, provided the kind of leadership that they provided. So, anyway, God bless them, and and uh, we send our condolences to Alberto and his his dear family. Uh, so let's shift gears. Um, well, here we are, <laughs> Ida. You know, we don't say we dodged a bullet because obviously, if you got water in your home or you were driving on 26 and were involved in that terrible disaster, you don't feel like you dodged anything. Obviously, uh, but we did dodge the brunt of Ida, and you can see what's happening in you know the southern regions of. Alabama, excuse me, Louisiana, and what's happening even today in New Orleans, and you can see that that uh, you know we uh, it could have been so much worse for us here, and don't don't wish bad on anyone, but man, I, I thank God we didn't have to deal with the brunt of it. I know that's where you are as well. Absolutely, and um, you know I'll tell you we've we've um, had several phone calls. We've had people drop in the office from Louisiana, just you know trying to get out of the heat, trying to get out of the disaster area, um, you know, getting their families away to try to, till they can figure out what's happening. Of course, the power seems to be moving along pretty swiftly, but we know that it does take a while, especially folks kind of in the outer areas of, of town, the more rural, it's really hard. Um, so we've had some folks that has been tough trying to find resources for them. Most of them are looking for a place to stay, um, being Labor Day weekend, our tourism was at its peak and it was packed and there wasn't very many hotels to be had, Airbnbs or anything, but we, we tried to offer some resources. Um, also looking at some of our chamber members that are apartment complexes and making sure we have that information we can share with folks. Um, a few folks were looking for a Red Cross and what assistance they had. So we've tried to have some resources available to offer folks when they're, um, when they're seeking refuge that we can be as helpful as we can to them. And then also sharing some uh, nonprofits, folks who are looking for local nonprofits they wanna give to that are making donations, taking supplies over and trying to just make those connections. What the chamber does best is make connections. Yeah, I know that we're going to be talking with Kenny Vest about that in the next segment, but the, the mayors have come together of Coast Cities. There's there's so many great efforts, individual churches that have adopting individual churches and various community organizations. I have a really, really close friend who's the chief operating officer for Harvey Golf. They support the, uh, the deep water oil. Uh, drilling operations out of Port Fushan, as you can imagine, they, they're mm. challenged through their business. And he lives in Cutoff and has family all around him, and they they have big challenges. He he's he's just a dear friend. He hunts with me up in the Mississippi Delta, and um, you know I met a guy. I met a guy. Jordan and I met a guy. We were we were getting gas yesterday at a filling station at Cedar Lake near Cedar Lake in uh, I-10, and he was from Homa. And he had to, this particular uh, filling station was on Pops Ferry, and he had had to come all the way there to find non-ethanol fuel from Homa, mm. because there's so much, you know, there was no non-ethanol fuel all along, you know, I-10. And uh, he, he actually was a pilot, he is a pilot for um, for Federal Express out of Memphis, and he said that his emergency leave was over today. 
And then he's from Mahoma. And so, you know, can you imagine the challenges he's having? But he's having to go back to work in Memphis. But, man, there's so many stories to tell. And so, I mean, the devastation, you've seen it, is is far and wide. This is their Katrina. Now, look, I can't say this is New Orleans Katrina because New Orleans had Katrina already. Right. I'm saying the lower parishes, it's that it's that significant down there, and uh, they've got some big challenges, and they're going to need the, the the thoughtful hearts of coastal Mississippians as these relief efforts continue, and we become one of their thousand points of light as we give to them. So it's good to see coastal Mississippi coming to their help, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's you know people we've been there, and so we know we've got to give back um, because we might be there again someday, and we'll certainly need folks at, uh, you know, at our aid again, and, um, you know, so many relatives back, I mean, I have lots of relatives in Louisiana, and, um, you know, we crossed the line, so many people in Bay St. Louis and Pastor Christian that are from um, New Orleans area or have vacation homes, so, um, you know, we got to do what we can to help them out. Yeah, no question about it. So, Dale, when we when we visit again in a week or two, we'll talk a little bit more about chamber business. But thank you for Absolutely. helping me honor Susanna Bargwin today, and also for uh, giving us an update on the work you guys are doing on the relief effort. So it's been it's been terrific catching up with you. Yeah, we've got Seafood Fest this weekend down at the Town Green um, Saturday and Sunday. It's an outdoor event, um, so folks can be outside and distance. But we've got a lot of vendors and a lot of live music. So come on down to the Seafood Fest. Excellent. Excellent. When we come back, we have Kenny Vest from Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. We'll see you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.